1: listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 157, and today we are talking about books being released on May 8th, 2018, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow Will Redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com.
0: Hello! Hello! Reunited, once again. Yes. I'm, like, my last couple weeks have just been crazy I can't remember how long it's been since we did this show together but it feels like (laughs) a really long time and you were on vacation last week and what I'm saying
1: is I miss you I miss you but we are going to see each other in seven days that's right
0: yes it's gonna be so nice because you keep coming to
1: Maine because it's a glorious place to be
0: it is. I really like Maine. It's already been like a million degrees in Richmond several times, and the weather in Maine is much more pleasant this yes. time of year, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm in need of a little vacation and some quality Liberty snuggles. Excellent.
1: Yeah, we had like a 90-degree day last week, but that was fine because I was just inside reading, so I don't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Have you? So you haven't set up like your reading tent with your hammock yet this year? No,
1: not yet. We're trying to decide where to do it because... Um, I killed a large part of the lawn (laughs) last year, like, swinging in my hammock, like, putting my feet on the the lawn, Mm and then the tent shade, so we're trying to decide if we want to kill that same spot or pick a new spot to kill. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah.
0: Well, we have some fun housekeeping before we get into the show. The first bit is that we're coming up on our three-year anniversary.
1: Yay!
0: And... Many things have happened on this podcast in the last three years, but probably most notably is that Jen and Amanda have started taking over for me on some of the episodes. And so all four of us are going to appear on the May 22nd episode of the show. We're each going to pick one new book, and then we're going to take some listener questions. And then so we're you... going to
1: sing cell block tango.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we I didn't get... run that by
1: Jen and Amanda yet.
0: <laughs> we need to get to writing our version of it, though. <laughs> Uh, I saw a, a parody of it recently called "Cell Block Man Splango," <laughs> and that's worth Hilarious. a Google it was very funny if you're a woman on the internet um, so if you have questions for us about the show um, recently Liberty and I got some messages from folks wondering about like how do we find time for reading or if we have suggestions for people about how to work more reading into your life or I mean anything like that like my answer to how to work more reading time into your life is really unsatisfying it's basically don't worry about how much time you spend reading um, but whatever you're curious about you can shoot those questions to books at bookriot.com um, that email is the best Way to get them to us, and that makes it the most likely that we'll actually like see your question and hold on to it. So that's all the books at bookriot.com if you have a question for our third anniversary.
1: And before we get started, I just want to shout out to fellow book writer Eric Smith. His book The Girl in the Grove is out this week.
0: Woo woo! So
1: that's exciting.
0: Good job, Eric.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. He I don't has know when like he the sleeps. cutest dog and the cutest baby, and like he's just the best at everything.
0: He's a writer and an agent, and he hosts the um, Hey YA book podcast with Kelly Jensen here for us. Like, I just don't know how he does it all. He's
1: amazing. So yay for him. And yay Yay. for my first book. I'm very excited about this one. (laughs) I don't think I've hit the request button so fast as when I saw the cover of this book. Before I tell you about it, I just do want to say a trigger warning for discussions of suicide. My first (laughs) pick is Undead Girl Gang. By Lily Anderson. <laughs> Perfect. It has the most epic cover. It's like a jean jacket with like some creepy like undead girl gang pill, uh, pills, pins, and like the logo and it's just, it's so cool. And I, I like, just
0: what? feel like I don't need to know anything else about no. it because the title tells me everything I need to know about why you love this book.
1: It's so fantastic. I loved it. The insides were equally epic. So also it was pitched as Veronica Mars meets The Craft. I mean, Mm. come on. So, did I tell you... That's a good blurb. This is a little aside, but I got a book the other day called Mage Against the Machine that's called (laughs) Harry Potter Meets the Terminator. So, I'm going to be reading that, of course, because... What? Anyway, so getting back to Undead Girl Gang. So epic. It's about a girl named Mila. It opens with her... She's at her best friend's funeral. Her BFF, Riley, has committed suicide... Her brother, Riley's brother, Xander, is standing up in front of the people giving a eulogy. and But Mila's sitting there thinking because she's like, there's no way that, that Riley did this. There's no way. Like, she, she thinks that she was murdered. Like, they found her um, drowned in a lake. And she thinks it has to be murder. And everyone's like, oh, you know, it's like, these things happen. And, you know, oh, the week before Riley's death, two of the most popular girls in school committed suicide together. Like, a suicide pact. And so they're like, you know, it's like you know, when one kid does it, like it often happens another kid. And like, and Mila just refuses to believe that or that Riley did this. So she's like really mad, and she like storms out of the funeral. And because like she, she and Riley were super close, they were best friends since she was eleven. Um, they Riley was Wiccan, and they used to go meet in this abandoned house and do spells together. Like you know, show me my true love, and help me do well on my tests, and like they would make these little spells. And she just, she can't get over it. And so she goes to the house, and she's looking at all their stuff, and and this mysterious package arrives, and it's a spell book. And Ooh. inside the book is a spell for how to bring someone back from the dead, which is like some serious magic that she and Riley never used to get into. But she takes this to be a sign. She thinks this is a sign from Riley that she needs to bring Riley back and ask her what happened to her, because she refuses to believe that, you know, she took her own life. So... She gets all the stuff to bring Riley back, but, bonus unexpected, not only does she bring Riley back, but she also brings back the two girls that died the week before, June and Dayton, who are just horrible, snotty, rotten girls that, you know, Riley and Mila never got along with. And she's, you know, but like now she's got three undead teenage girls. She doesn't know what to do. And to make matters worse, none of them remember what happened to them. But they are all adamant that no way did they take their own lives. Like they're certain they didn't do that, but like the weeks before they died, they don't remember. So and also, now that they're alive again, you know, they don't they don't want really answers. They want to like finish unresolved business and like go back to like being teenage girls and, you know, Mila's like, We've gotta figure out what happened to you and they're like, Yeah, I don't really want to I wanna do this other stuff. And so now she's got some ornery you know, undead teenage girls to wrangle and she needs to figure out who killed them before their seven days are up. So it's awesome. It's so much fun. It's like, and also there's like lots of bad language and the way she writes like the bullies and the classes and the teachers. I found it to be so realistic. Um, I, I, I just absolutely loved it. So again it is called Undead Girl Gang and it's by Lily Anderson.
0: We should just quit our show now because you've just found the best possible book. (laughs) It's so fun. We have peaked. Now we're done. Um, my first pick this week is That Kind of Mother by Ruman Alam. He wrote Rich and Pretty which came out a year or two ago and is excellent and I read this on vacation in Mexico in January it was a perfect travel book. It is perfect going into uh, the spring and summer it's a great read no matter what time of year but I think this is just really excellent for this time of year especially. This is a novel about a uh, young mother, her name is Rebecca Stone and she is experiencing what a lot of young mothers experience, where she's totally enamored of her baby, but also really in over her head. She's super overwhelmed. She's having trouble managing, you know, all the stuff of being a new mother and dealing with her own Uh, aspirations for both career or or what she thought of her career and for the kind of mother that she wants to be. And she feels really alone um, and probably is having some postpartum stuff going on too. Um, And so in the midst of all of this and like this, in the midst of all of this and feeling like she doesn't know kind of what to do about being a mom, she remembers this woman named Priscilla who was um, a worker at the hospital when she had the baby, who was the only person who like offered her actually helpful help um, while she was in the hospital with her new son. And so she reaches out to Priscilla and and asks her to leave her position at the hospital and come work for Rebecca as the son's nanny. Um, They form this very close and very interesting relationship because Priscilla, you know, helps make Rebecca's life and her world make a lot more sense, but it's all uh, made more complex by the fact that Rebecca and her husband and their son are white and Priscilla is black and Rebecca is learning a lot about all the things that she didn't know or understand about her own privilege, and about what another woman's experience is like out in the world when she's walking around in a different color skin. So this relationship is forming, and then Priscilla dies unexpectedly during childbirth, and Rebecca steps forward to adopt Priscilla's baby. So now Rebecca and her white family are raising Priscilla's black child. And that, of course, is a very complex thing as well, much more complex than Rebecca understood it to be. Um, The book is really terrific and insightful, and it raises big questions and takes lots of careful nuance with family and motherhood. Um, Ruman Alam and his husband are adoptive parents, and so some of the things in the book are informed by his own experience and his own understanding of race. And it's just, it's a really great read, like on its, on, uh, at the core this is just a really great book. It's fun to read and there's a lot of substance here. Um, Ruman Alam, I think, is just so talented at handling, you know, big questions and big issues and making it fun. Um, Celeste Ng blurbed the book and I think she's a really good selection as an author to blurb this. Their writing seems similar to me in that way. Like these are just very compelling page turnery novels that do a whole lot. Um, So that is That Kind of Mother by Ruman Alam. And I guess it's also worth mentioning that Rebecca in the book is kind of obsessed with Princess Diana. And um, so if you were into like the pop culture of the 80s and appreciate some of the Princess Di stuff, there's, you know, added joy for you uh, in that aspect of the title. So, yes, it's so good. Another thing that's awesome is our first sponsor this week. Support for today's show. Support comes from (laughs) Third Love. Armed with the measurements of millions of women, Third Love bras are designed to fit real women. Um, We have both received some third love bras throughout the couple of years that they've been sponsoring the show now. The 24-7 t-shirt bra is so comfortable and it's made with these memory foam cups that, that mold to fit your shape rather than shoving your body into a bra that it doesn't want to go into. The best part though is that you don't have to deal with awkward fitting room experiences. Um, I'm lucky there's a great bra shop in Richmond where it is not awkward, but I've had some bad experiences. Maybe you're just completely over shopping for bras out in the world. Um, I don't blame you. The internet is here to help you. With their Fit Finder quiz, Third Love helps you identify your breast shape and find styles that fit your body, and it takes less than a minute. You just have to answer a couple simple questions. They also have 60 sizes that range from AA through G-cup, and that includes some st- uh, special half-cup sizing, so Third Love guarantees you a perfect fit. They value comfort and quality. The straps don't slip. The fabric is really smoothing. You don't get any like unsightly disruptions of your clothing, from your undergarments. It's really wonderful. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com books now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your First purchase that's thirdlove.com slash books for 15% off today and I'll say also they have several different like styles of bras so if you're looking for racer back or strapless or something that you that's convertible that you can wear with summer tank tops and dresses um, they will definitely have an option for you so again thirdlove.com slash books
1: fantastic all right so what's next so my next book I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this Um, it's going to, it's going to be very divisive. It's going to, is that a word? Did I just make that Mm -hmm. word up? No, that's a word. (laughs) we are doing just fine. Um, yeah, but it's, and I'm going to say, like, I feel like I'm condemning it by saying this, but it's not what I mean at all. But this book is not going to be for everyone. But if you like dark and disturbing thrillers, it is for you. My next book is Our Kind of Cruelty by Araminta Hall. It's going to be like a huge, huge thriller of the summer. Gillian Flynn has just raved and raved and raved and raved about this book. Um, I can't tell you much about it without ruining it, so I will give you a little bit of it. Um, It's narrated by a guy named Mike. Mike's a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. He's in love with a woman named Verity. Um, They were together for a long time. Uh, He calls her V. And um, they had a little game that they like to play. As couples do. The little thing that, you know, gets them hot. um, They like to go to bars. And V, who is a very beautiful woman, would sit at a bar. And a guy would come over and buy her a drink. And they would start talking. And then halfway through, Mike would go over and be like, What are you doing with my girlfriend? And, like, yell at the guy. And, like, the guy would leave. And it got them both so hot, you know, they would immediately, like, run home. So... Which is weird. But Whatever floats your boat. You know, man. it's what works for them. Um, but due to circumstances, partly because Mike moved away for a job, he got transferred, and he had a really great job. He couldn't. He couldn't say no. Um, he and V have broken up, and he would. There, I should say, this takes place in England. Um, he went to America. That's where his job was, and he has now uh, returned to England, and he has learned that V is engaged to be married, but. Mike knows that this is just V upping the stakes of their game. Like, she's pretending to be Mm -hmm. engaged to, like, you know, make him jealous. And he's, you know, getting ready. You know, they're going to be together again. Um, And that's all I can tell you about the book, really. (laughs) Uh, I will say, like, I think that what you think happens at the end of the book might dictate how you feel about the book. Like... I thought this one thing happened, and I found that in thinking that way, it you know the author really hits on a, a current topic and made a really good point. But if the author said to me, if if Araminta Hall said, actually it's this other way, I'd be like that is entirely unrealistic, and so it, and you know, and like I said, really disturbing, not for everyone, but. Um, it's going to be fun to see, like, what people think happened at the end. So again, it's called Our Kind of Cruelty, and it's by Araminta Hall.
0: All right. That does sound spicy. Yeah. All right. My next one came out, let's see, a couple of months ago. I'm looking for the date now. It came out February 6th. It's called Text Me When You Get Home, The Evolution and Triumph of Modern Female Friendship. And I have been really looking forward to getting to this. Eventually, I am about halfway done with it. It's terrific, and I am happy to endorse it right now. Um, Kayleen Schaefer is the author. And this book is kind of a mix of memoir and sociology about women's friendships. Um, She starts with this thing that you hear women say when they're out in groups together and then they're splitting up at the end of the evening. Text me when you get home. And how this symbolizes, like, I care about you, but also we're going to continue to be in each other's lives. That, you know, you see your girlfriends, you hang out, and then you go home and you're going to send a few more texts and, like, wrap up the evening or extend that inside joke that happened that night or something. And that all of this is part and a symbol of the role that women's friendships play in our lives today and how that's kind of unique in pop culture and unique in history, at least in um, contemporary or like relatively modern history from the way that women have spent their time. Um, Historically, women have had like in the last century in America, women's obligations have been mostly to their families and their children. And uh, only recently are women really feeling cool spending time away from their families in order to be with their girlfriends. So the story, uh, well, not a story, but the book follows Kayleen Schaefer's personal experiences through adolescence and like up through college and her adult life, um, her evolving understanding of what it means to have friendships with other women and how Deep and satisfying those friendships could be. But then she also dives into the sociology side of how women's friendships get portrayed in the media, Um, you know, on like on Broad City, on Sex in the City, on um, in movies about women, um, and then also in sort of popular thinking and uh, contemporary sort of social science about how girls are and how women are. Um, and that this new kind of phase of celebration of women's friendships, things like the TV show Girls and Galentine's Day on Parks and Rec, are directly in response to that big trend in the 90s of telling stories about mean girls. And that, that narrative in her analysis, which I think is really interesting. Um, she says that narrative about girls having relational aggression and being mean and being catty and competitive, um, was a direct response to the feminism that really boomed in the seventies and eighties. Like women started getting power and started having access to more things and started stepping away from their families and experiencing more things. And so, um, one way to try to counter that and control it was to then, um, Anti-feminism put forth the message that girls are catty and competitive and mean and pit girls against each other functionally. Um, So she dives into taking those things apart. There's a great section on the Golden Girls Liberty that Mm -hmm. I know you would enjoy. Um, and on women's, you know, women's friendships of all ages. There's also a great section on Designing Women, the TV show, sort of how we've seen groups of women be friends on TV and in movies throughout the last several decades and what those changes in evolution indicate about where we are in the culture with women in general and women's friendships in particular. Um, And Schaefer's journalism is really interesting. Her memoir sections as well are interesting and very honest about the ways that she has understood uh, womanhood to be, the ways that she now sees she was wrong about what it is to be a woman or wrong about how women are uh, in terms of stereotypes. It's really interesting. Uh, So if this is your jam, a book like this, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. It's Text Me When You Get Home by Kayleen Schaefer.
1: My next pick is nothing like that at all, except that it's nonfiction. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of nonfiction this year, which was my goal, which makes me very happy. Um, my next book is I Find Your Lack of Faith Disturbing: Star Wars <laughs> and the Triumph of Geek Culture by A. D. Jameson. And it's it's a deep dive into Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, Comics, Harry Potter, all like the geeky, prevalent pop culture biggies that weren't, like, how, and he talks about, like, how that wasn't always the way. Like, how being a geek was frowned on, and, you know, it wasn't mainstream. And now how, like, the children, he calls them the children of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Like, how that generation grew up and has geek culture, like how it dominates the mainstream now, you know. And he goes into like the fandoms and fan fiction and cosplay and conventions and just all the cool stuff that comes along with being a fan. Um, He talks about how geeks have gotten out from under their umbrella of uncool and how anyone can be a geek. You know, it used to be like, you're not a real, you know, fan if you don't, you know, know this and know that and, you know, how this character's hair was parted in this episode of whatever, you know. And he, he talks a lot about Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is the big one. Um, and he talks, you know, and I think, like, you, could, if you're a geek or not a geek, you know, you will enjoy this book. Even if you only like, like, one of those things I mentioned or something. It's really interesting. It's a really interesting uh, journey to follow, like, the rise of geekdom. And um, he calls it, he says, the geeks shall inherit the earth. Um, and, you know, and also, like, moms, dads, and grads all have, like, days coming up here. So, um, it's probably a cute little gift book, too. So, again, that is called I Find Your Lack of Faith Disturbing, Star Wars and the Triumph of Geek Culture by A.D. Jameson.
0: Fun. And a book that I'm totally unqualified
1: to read. (laughs) Oh, but of course you can. Like, like, I, you know... Well, so, when I was seven months old, the first movie that I ever saw, my parents took me to see Star Wars. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I, f- I feel like I'm grandfathered in, you know, to, like, oh, geek culture mm-hmm. already. But, like, I don't, like, follow any particular fandom, like, like a lot, you know? Like, you say, I like, like a little bit here, a little
0: bit there. I have seen the original Star Wars movies exactly once.
1: See? <laughs> but it, it's it's so interesting. And it's, like, not just, you know, Star Wars, but, like, everything that's going on, you know? And, like, how... You know, all the comic shows that are on Netflix now, and, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, it's cool. Okay, all right. You would still find it interesting. That sounds great.
0: All right, how about our next sponsor? Yes, please. Okay, our next sponsor this week is Wicked River by Jenny Milchman. Six million acres of Adirondack forest separate Natalie and Doug Larson from civilization. For the newlyweds, an isolated backcountry honeymoon seems ideal and adventurous. But just as Natalie and Doug begin to explore the dark interiors of their own hearts, as well as the depths of their love for each other, it becomes clear that they are not alone in the woods. As they struggle with the worst the wilderness has to offer, a man watches them, wielding the forest like a weapon. In. He wants something from them more terrifying than death and once they are near his domain he will do everything in his power to make sure they never walk out again. Who That just gave me shivers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: the author Jenny Milchman is also the author of four, novel- four other novels. She's a USA Today bestseller and has earned many starred reviews for her work. Her debut won the Mary Higgins Clark Award which honors the best women's suspense novel of the year. She's received high praise from many well known and best-selling thriller authors. Lee Child has called Jenny Milchman the Swiss army knife of thriller writers. That's pretty awesome. Uh, she once embarked upon an 11-month book tour with her family in tow to promote her first book and also teaches writing for the New York Writers Workshop and is the founder and organizer of Take Your Child to a Bookstore Day, which that is genius. Wicked River is Jenny Milchman's fourth book, it's been described as a contemporary deliverance, perfect for fans hungry for domestic suspense in the style of Gillian Flynn, and, quote, as scary and tense a book as I've read this year by several best-selling authors. So, again, that's Wicked River by
1: Jenny Milchman. We actually hosted her on that tour at Run when she brought, oh, that's so cool. she brought her whole family. It was awesome. That's dedication. Yeah. All right.
0: My next pick this week is the paperback edition of Young Jane Young by Gabrielle Zevin. This came out last week in paperback. It came out last year in hardcover. Um, Gabrielle Zevin is also the author of The Storied Life of A.J. Fickrey, which basically everybody loved. And this is a totally different book, but equally fun to read and fast. Um, I'm really in a place right now where I need my fiction to be enjoyable because enough in life is not enjoyable. And I just am loving this book. I I feel like I, you can't say much about it without spoiling it. Um, so it opens with a woman named Rachel Grossman, who is very distraught because her daughter, who's in her early 20s, Aviva, is having an affair with the middle-aged congressman that Aviva works for. And of course, this is going to go disastrously. And it does go disastrously. It like becomes the Southern Florida version of a Monica Lewinsky kind of scandal. Um, after... We know that that happens. We fast forward into the future and we get to meet several other women, four other women that are connected to this story in some way. And you get their perspective on what happened in the past, but also how it's shaped their lives and how they're handling it. You know, in the future, you get um, multiple perspectives of analysis on how sexist it is when a man in power has a sexual relationship with a young woman in a position of not much power. And he still is fine and gets to be a congressman for decades, but it ruins her life forever. Um, Stop me if this sounds familiar at all. Um, The book is... Really, like it is really fun. It's really sharp. The women characters are so enjoyable to be around, but it also really has a voice and a point of view. And I've said on the show before. I think one of the hardest things a fiction writer can do is tell a story that has like a real point without it being preachy. And Gabrielle Zevin has done that, and also just really made it delightful. It's like sneaky um, how good this is that she is able to get so much feminism into a story that doesn't feel like it's you know hitting you over the head with this is feminist fiction um so that's young jane young by gabrielle zevin i think it would be a great gift for mother's day if you're looking for a book to go on the mother's day stack
1: absolutely i feel like that book didn't get enough attention last year same yeah it's really really good i especially i loved the different points of view like I, i thought it was really smart yeah the way they
0: rotate between the points of view and like when in the story the shifts happen it's all really thoughtful and well done and everyone should read it
1: So, my last pick for today is a short story collection that I have read half of, which is apparently going to be my theme now. Last week, I read half of a book before (laughs) I talk about it. But, so last week, I started to read this book, and then my vacation happened, and for some reason, my brain wouldn't let me continue. It's like, you're reading this book for work, so let's read fun books that you wanted to read on vacation now, and then we'll get back to it. But then I didn't get back to it, Um, but I have read half of it, but... Um, I mean, and I did, re- I read 23 books on vacation, so. Holy moly, I Liberty, think... that's like more books than I've read this year. <laughs> it was fun, you know, but I, I really hope to get to the rest of it today and I didn't, um, but I love it. So let me tell you what it is <laughs> before I, get okay. I just go on and on. It is called Belly Up Stories by Rita Bullwinkle. It's from A Strange Object, which kick ass, uh, I mean, kick butt, um, indie <laughs> publisher, Uh, She has a blurb from Lori Moore on the cover. I mean... Oh, hey there. Like, that'll sell the book in two seconds. Um, So, like I said, I've read about half of these. Um, They are smart. They are bizarre. They are gross. They are funny. Um, The first one is, like, a stream of consciousness with this woman. She starts out by thinking of a story that she remembers about an old boyfriend from long ago. And, like, as she goes about her day... Um, like, she's, she sees a, a car accident, and she goes to her job, she's a secretary at a music school, and she hears a beautiful harp music, and she keeps going back to this other story that she, for, like, first she can't remember, like, who told her, and, like, she just, it's, it's so smart. The second story is, like, two pages long, I loved it, I was like, boom, snack right in the middle. Um, there's one about a child who licks the exposed wires of a wall socket, and her tongue, <laughs> her tongue turns black and grows out of her mouth. Okay. Um, yeah, there's like one about strange places in Florida, which I don't know, might be redundant, but um, <laughs> I was going to say. But it's like, she's like, it, they're fantastic. And I can't wait to like finish them. Um, but she's kind of like if Kelly Lincoln and Alice Monroe had a baby. Ooh. Like, very wordy and very smart and very strange. Um, Sold. So I, I absolutely loved it. So again, it is called Belly Up stories and they're by rita bullwinkle
0: i need to pick that up that sounds great awesome all right my last one this week is do not become alarmed by miley malloy miley is spelled m-a-i-l-e if you go a googling um this came out last year earlier this year I don't remember, but I listened to it on audio um, a couple of weeks ago. I was driving. I took a road trip with my parents to drive them across the Midwest, and we wanted an audio book. And like finding a book that will make me and my sixty-five-year-old parents both happy is kind of a challenge. But this is a thriller. Um, It was a good selection. Other than the fact that there are a couple, like
1: I'm like cringing, just thinking about you listening to that with them.
0: There are a couple pretty spicy sex <laughs> scenes that I was unprepared for. <laughs> and I I have discovered that maybe at some point in your life, like witnessing a sex scene in a piece of media in the same room or vehicle as your parents becomes less horrifying, but at the age of 35, it has not yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I, it was very like, we're all just going to drive and stay quiet now. I was so glad that I was driving <laughs> like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, could my dad just pretend to be asleep? Yeah. Like, I just don't know how that, how that moment could be how you could make it less awkward but so this is the warning if you're taking your parents on a road trip maybe not this book but if you're just looking for a good book or a good audiobook Miley Malloy performed it on audio and the performance was terrific um it's about two couples who have gone on a cruise with their families over the holidays they have several kids between them and uh on an attempt to take the kids out on an excursion Things go horribly awry. They don't make it to the place where they're going on the excursion. They end up on a little beach instead. And while one of the moms is not on the beach, the other mom (laughs) falls asleep and while that mom is asleep and the one mom is not on the beach, the kids get like sucked by the tide out of this little area where they're swimming and down a river that is filled with crocodiles. They are in South America. Um, So the moms wake up and all of the children are gone, and from there you move back and forth between where the kids are, who they have ended up like they, spoiler alert, did not all get eaten by crocodiles. Um, They have ended up with some bad people and they're trying to get away and the parents are trying to find them. And also some secrets are coming out between the members of these couples. And it was very suspenseful and fun to listen to other than those very spicy parts when my parents were in the car and I wanted to die. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it was a really great audiobook for a road trip. It was a good thriller And the characters were interesting. The story was surprising. Like I am historically just like I will be surprised by the ending of most thrillers. I do not usually see it coming. Um, And that was the case here, too. It was um, it was interesting. It kept me guessing. And there's some good, like sharp social and cultural commentary in there as well. So that's Do Not Become Alarmed by Miley Malloy. Um, Do become cautious of listening with your parents in the car.
1: (laughs) And if you're driving, don't pretend to be asleep.
0: <laughs> no yeah i was driving it would have been great if like i could have told myself my dad was not hearing those things at the same time I was. <laughs> it was a real thing like i told bob about it when we were facetiming later that night and i'm pretty sure that like i blushed and he blushed and like <laughs> whoever was watching our facetime from
1: the fbi blushed. yeah my goodness uh-huh, so that's a
0: little uh, word of warning for that one. But I really liked it. It was a good read.
1: Yeah, I really like her. She's awesome.
0: Yeah. Okay, so those are our new books this week. What are
1: you going to read next? Uh, I'm going to read Bad Man by Nathan Auerbach. I think it's Nathan. It's spelled like Nathan with a D. Um, okay. It's apparently, I barely know anything about it. He became famous on Reddit. He was writing, like, a horror story on Reddit um, and got a huge book deal. And this one is about a young man who, when he's a teenager, he loses his three-year-old brother in the grocery store. And they they never see him again, and it kind of ruins their lives. Um, And now he's, like, 20, and he gets a job working at that same grocery store. And things are strange there. I don't know. Okay. It has a shopping cart on the cover, and if you watch The Good Place, you know shopping sc- carts can be very bad and scary. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's I think it's supposed to be horror. Um, I just know that my friend read it and was like, "You have to read this," and sent it to me. So, um, I'm excited. What are you gonna read next?
0: I have just started. Like, I'm in the first hour of "I'll Be Gone in the Dark" by Michelle McNamara <laughs> on audio. <laughs> I'm so. Obsessed. I know. I wanted to read it before it came out and then everyone was reading it and you had it for the show and then all the stuff with the Golden State Killer happened in the news a couple weeks ago and I was like, you know what? I am not waiting for the paperback.
1: Oh, I don't know if I could but listen to that.
0: I would just it's, like jump I around and be like, ah. I'm only listening like in the daylight. I yeah. listened driving home from Amanda's house in the dark one night last week and I do not recommend that. Yeah, Like Bob was out of town and it was dark and I was listening to this thing about serial killer and I pulled up in the driveway and was like, maybe I shouldn't get out of the car and walk to my house in the dark.
1: I saw so many people online being like, oh, now I can read that or listen to that because I don't have to be scared because he's been caught. And I was like, it's so nice that you think he's the only bad person in the country. (laughs) Like (laughs) it will still freak you out. (laughs) Yep. It's freaky.
0: I'm kind of hard to rattle in this one. Yeah. She's
1: an amazing writer.
0: Yeah, it's very good so far. And I have like 10 hours left on audio. Awesome. Um, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. All right, we made it. We did. We did. Thank you to our sponsors, Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to get 15% off your first order. And to Wicked River by Jenny Milchman. You can find it wherever books are sold or we'll have a link in the show notes. If you have something to say to us or if you have a burning question for our third anniversary Email us at allthebooks at bookriot.com. You can talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you would like to rate or review the show on Apple Podcasts, that juices up the algorithm and helps other bookish folks find their way to us. Speaking of Apple Podcasts, I had the great fun and privilege of writing the newest episode of Annotated, uh, which is about agatha christie's mysterious 11 day disappearance
1: aliens and, oh spoiler <laughs>
0: uh, it's called the original gone girl so if that sounds appealing to you you can search for annotated in your podcatcher or go to bookriot.com slash annotated to listen and that's my news
1: and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today and there are so many good books out today We just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriots.com slash allthebooks, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter.
0: And in the meantime, in the meantime, happy reading. reading!